welcome to the discussion for me with your hosts, Brandy and Christian. If you're looking for a podcast where sisterhood is embodied, you are home. Listen, each week we will open the floor and have raw conversations about relevant and unaddressed topics plaguing our communities. You ready, B? Yes, let's get it. and I are just super excited to have all of these wonderful conversations surrounding faith. And so today we are talking about being the light, living this Christian life outside in these real streets. Now, I know it's kind of our thing to show up Sunday and give it our best for those couple of hours. And then we back to doing whatever and however we live during the week. And it just doesn't seem as if being a Christian outside in the real world is practical, but it very much is. You don't have to show up on church one way on Sunday, one way and be a a whole different person during the week. The same person should be living this life outside. And what I'm, and what we mean by that is this is who you are. This is who you're claiming to be. This is who you are professing is the Lord of your life. Right. Um, and whatever you believe in, right. It should be something that is sustainable not just in the church. We should be these amazing people at the job place, out in the marketplace. Like we should be generous, not just on Sundays, but out in the marketplace. <laughs> um, we should um, have all these moments, but again, we're not projecting perfection. Like that's not the goal. The goal isn't to project perfection, but it is to be able to show God to people inside the church house and outside of it. Um, I want to start off with the idea of escapism versus the reality of Christianity. A lot of times when people get saved, they think, all right, well, now that I'm a Christian, I am saved from any type of hurt, harm, or danger that comes my way. Everything is perfect. Nothing happens to me. Even when I'm out in these streets, I have this invincible suit on because now I'm a Christian and Jesus is on my side and no weapons will form. And that's just not true. So then when life really shows up outside, right, you still experience death. You still experience job loss. You still experience these things. And then you're like, wait a minute, that isn't what I signed up for. And it's like, no, Christianity doesn't exempt us or believe Having faith in something doesn't exempt us from having to address or having negative things happen to us. What it does do, it gives us tools and an ability to get through these things, um, knowing that we have the victory and somebody fighting on our side. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that this is the case, but I think a lot of that is projected and it's like, well, my person shouldn't have died why not? (laughs) You know, why should, it's not, that's nowhere in the Bible does it say, all right, now that you become Christian, nobody in your life is supposed to leave or no, no hurt is supposed to come your way. No boyfriend is supposed to break up with you. 
this isn't the reality. And so I think a lot of times the from start, the initial part is the whole, what, how we're projecting it out to the world <laughs> and how we're telling people when they become saved, what this life really looks like. If you know me, I'm going to keep it 100 with you about any and everything. What you get on Sunday, Brandy, is what you get Monday through Saturday. Um, and I don't have no desire to show up any other way but what God has made me, good, bad, and indifferent. Because I know that over time, my life will show how God has been good in my life. But if I'm pretending to be something or you know, pretending to to project something on one day and then you come and you see me at a party and you're like, ooh, ooh, okay. Then then you feel away. You feel like, oh, she's being one way here and one way there. Nope. I'm the same. You're gonna get the, the goofy. You're gonna get the you might see me twerk a little bit. You're gonna get all of that. And it's honestly where because God is the only God is what's going to change us. And 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 that's the thing that's going to evolve us. But Christian, what do you have to say about living these uh this Christian life <laughs> out in these strizits? I think that I did not know what that meant until probably the last couple of years. I had this revelation because I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with myself. Um, I wasn't happy with some of the decisions that I made. I felt like I just wasn't being the authentic me. I felt like only the people that were close to me really knew Christian as a person. Um, I felt like a lot of people got my representative, not because I wanted to deceive people, but simply because I was raised that there's just certain things that you just don't shake. I mean, I was raised. Um, and when I say raised, I'm, I don't necessarily just mean in my home. I mean, within the faith community, like some of the training that I've received as an adult definitely was with the understanding that there is the life that you portray on Sunday, which everyone can be privy to your shortcomings. And I still believe that to a certain extent, because everybody can't handle every part of you. You definitely have to use wisdom with who you share, um, you know, some of your struggles with your shortcomings. Like you definitely have to have somebody who you can be accountable to, who understands like, where you're trying to grow and who can help you reach, you know, that area, but you shouldn't fake either. So there's definitely, there has to be some level of not being perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but you should be accountable. And I think that's the difference. Perfection is what, sh <laughs> is what's preached and teached and harped on. Like, oh my God, if I see Christian at happy hour, she must be a drunkard. Baby, I could just be having chicken wings. Like, like <laughs> me being a happy hour does not mean that I'm sitting up getting drunk. Like, that is not what it means. Um, but I think that's what we've been taught for so long. And mm -hmm. I don't think that, honestly, I really feel like a lot of our teaching has to do with fear. You know, it's, if we tell these children or if we tell these young adults that they can go out and hang out and they can live outside and they can travel and they can go to events, what's going to happen to them? They fear that you're not going to have enough self-control or discipline to be able to tell you 
when the reality is we should be preaching self-control. We should be preaching discipline. Uh, we should be preaching personal accountability. Um, we should be preaching growth um, and, and self-reflection and understanding your limits. Like we're teaching the wrong things, you know, which I think that's the big difference is that for a very long time, there was this expectation to be perfect. Partly, I think there is an ignorance piece, but then also I think there's just fear, you know, fear of that if we give you too much room, if we give you too much leeway, then there's something negative that's going to happen. When, if I'm being completely honest, because I was raised so strict, because I had so many boundaries and limitations, it actually kind of prompted me to run amok for a minute. I'm not going to lie because I have been so confined that when I finally got loose, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, what can I get into? Like, it's, it's outside, it's outside. There's a world, like I have an experience, like, yeah. it, it's like being caged. Have you ever seen an animal that's caged? Yeah. And you let that thing out and it's been caged all day. It's just going to run in a circle. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we, we free, we free, 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 you know? So yeah. I feel like living outside, you know, being the light really speaks to you get your training, you know, just like if you're in school, you spend a certain amount of time, you get your training, you get your education, you get poured into, but it's not until you actually get on that job or you step into the real world that you now have to apply what you've learned. And so I think the same should exist within the faith community. Yes, um, there is a point where you need to sit down somewhere, you need to grow and you need to get understanding and you need to be strengthened and you need to be encouraged. All of that is beautiful, yes. But at some point, What's in you has to come out. It should be displayed in your interaction with others and how you show up in the real world mm -hmm. outside of the four walls of the church, outside of your interactions with just, you know, parishioners or, um, you know, leaders um, in the faith community. So it's like, if we never reach that point of maturity to where we are able to navigate, meaning be able to come in and out of various situations and still maintain our um, our convictions and still be disciplined, then are we really who we say we are? Right. And I think too, when you when you're when you are living this life and you're being taught, <clears throat> I think giving the honest teachings is important. Um, not only is it fear-based I think that they're teaching but they're not being honest about it like for example sex is taught to us to never do it <laughs> don't do it but nothing is explained why and that the fact that sex is beautiful when done in the container of marriage and you want to know why <laughs> it's not because you got people who are wise like is it Solomon who was wise, yet because of his shortcomings and love for sex, it caused him or caused him to like to to fall short of what he potentially could have been. Um, and so you have these many examples in the Bible of men who were great, amazing, but they fell short because of these things and 
things that, you know, they loved more so or had affinity for that caused them to fall short. And so it's like, God is not trying to like cast you away and not, and you not have fun. He's not like, literally I had to come to the grips like, oh no, like he loves me enough. And he knows that my ability to discern becomes really complicated when I'm interacting with someone I'm having sex with. Because now I am trying to make that work when the reality is that person wasn't meant to stay. And I'm gonna so, need you to say that again for the people in the back. Say that again. What part? <laughs> what part? <laughs> but that he's not trying to take it away from us. It's not him being like, oh, don't do this um, just because I said so. It's like, he's really looking out for us. Like he cares enough and he knows his children. Like I'll speak for me. He knows me and he knew he's like, Randy, you don't need to do this. <laughs> you don't need to jump head in with this because your affinity to love is, and especially when you're having sex with someone is to continue to pour and give and um, keep that person near when they were only meant for passing through and he's like they were never meant to stay yet you're trying to make them stay and now you're causing yourself heartache and until I got that that revelation was I like all right cool because I even tell people like in dating in real life out in the streets I'm telling people like dudes are like oh so you're like just super religious and I'm like no like and I, oh, you don't like sex? No, actually I do. I enjoy it quite a bit, but <laughs> I do know me and I understand me and I get the, and I have the discernment to know that if I decide to have sex with someone prematurely and then wasn't, and they're not meant to stay, like I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting, you know, effort. And I'm, I'm just, I'm in a season where that's just not where I'm at. So my my declaration to withstand at this point is because I don't want to get attached to somebody who was just meant for passing by. Now that's the reality of it. It ain't like purity thing. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, be God's favorite. It's like, I understand why he did it. And so now I'm like, okay, I understand. So that's why I'm moving away. I'm moving, but I'm not judging nobody. I'm not casting anybody any that decides to do it other any other way. I just say, hey, be careful because discernment is so tricky. <laughs> when you have it, you have people that are like so scorned and hurt from past relationships that they can go and have sex with multiple people and then not be nothing. But it really is something. Um, but they're not able to address it because they're numb to it, you know? And so there's so much. And you think about it, like, why would God, why does God say, like, you know, don't have idols? Because if you sit up there and have an idol or put something before God, then that thing, which is not perfect, which is not good, which doesn't have your best interest in mind, which doesn't, who doesn't love you the most, you know what I'm saying? That thing has the ability to rule over your life. And the only thing that I know that is proven as I put things, I put food, I put men, you know what I'm saying? I put my family, I put a lot of things before God. And everything has failed me. I put myself, like everything has failed me. But when God is first in my life, I have not failed. And so that's the practical part of it. Like 
yes, this is ideal. This is what you should do, but not to the point. And if you don't do it, then God don't love you because he's not that fragile. Like God loves us regardless of what we do. And his love isn't fragile like ours is. Like I could love you today and be like over you tomorrow. But God is like, no, no, no. I sealed this with my son's blood. So therefore, no, nothing you can do can make you like once we're connected, there's nothing you can do. We turn away. We run away. We go away in condemnation. We, you know, we hide. We feel we're not good enough um, because of those bad teachings. And it's like, no, always know that you could turn back to God and always know that is there. But then it allows you if you're not learning, you're going to keep going around that same mountain just like the people of Egypt. Like we sit up there, we read the Bible. We're like, oh, we could never be Eve. I could never be her. I would have never ate from that. You don't know. Maybe it wasn't the the fruit, but let let it have been a chocolate man. Let it have been, you know, whatever it is that is your vice. Let it have been that. You would have took it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like point, yeah. She she said it. She said it good. But I also think when we talk about being the light and living outside, um, let's just think about what is an accurate depiction of who God is. How did Jesus navigate these streets? <laughs> like he is our example, right? The 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 man that knew no sin. Yeah. Okay. He is our example. How did he? walk this earth he wasn't up in no temple praying all day nope he wasn't on his knees constantly crying out he wasn't bible toting and thumping every statement didn't end with the god bless you and the jesus saves and all of that <laughs> like, he, he would have been like he, i save i save <laughs> I mean, as a matter of fact, he didn't even walk around saying who he was, and he had the right to say that if he wanted to. Right, right. He 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 was the I am and the is. Mm -hmm. But who are we now as his representatives? We 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 ain't even the one. We the representatives, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and we walk around talking about who we are, like 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 we're God, girl. But the one who could claim that didn't even say that. He humbled himself. He was low. He was out amongst the people. And every time he was out amongst the people, they had something to say. Mm -hmm. the, the ones on the side had something to say. Like, look at him. Oh, no, nah, he, he, he can't be the Christ. He, he hanging yeah. with the prostitute. He hanging with the drunkard. He hanging with the beggar. He hanging with the leper. So the man that knew no sin, that was and that is, was outside. Mm -hmm. But we can't be outside. <laughs> right, right. Make that make sense. Baby, the, the day I got that revelation, I was so free. You couldn't tell me nothing. I want to put a sign on my forehead that says, thank the Lord, I'm free. Mm -hmm. Like, I was free. Because I realized that if if I am who I say that I am, then my conviction should carry me to be able to navigate these streets. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm reckless, right? 
because there's also a personal accountability piece. I know what my proclivities are. I know where I fall short at. I know where I haven't matured at. So I'm not going to just put myself and be negligent to put myself in situations where I know I haven't got to that level of maturity. Right. So maybe I'm going to put things in place. That's going to help me help myself, keep myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. But it doesn't mean I can't be amongst people, you know, and I, I honestly feel that we should intentionally put ourselves in different scenarios to show the love of God. Absolutely. I believe that part of our mandate as Christians, as followers is that we have to be in sometimes environments that may not be the most ideal so that we can show and extend and reach out and evangelize and speak to people and extend God's grace, show them because they may not come into the four walls of the church. You have to meet them where they are. So that means I may have to go to an event. I may have to go to a function. I may have to meet somebody for coffee or tea. I may have to go to lunch. I may have to circle back around a water cooler to, you know, go sit next or, or, or to speak to that sister that, you know, whatever the situation is. And I mean, the Holy Spirit will lead you, but ultimately we just have to be obedient and be open and be willing and I think that when we take the posture of saying, you know what, I, I want to be used of God. I want to um, show the love of God every day in my life. I want to use the interactions that I have with people both inside and outside um, to be able to draw people to Christ. When we take that position, the world really you know, is open to you and it allows you to be able to navigate, but to also to live because it isn't just about, yes. We were created to worship God. Yes, we have a responsibility to evangelize and to show people the way and to direct them to the cross. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we also, God wants us to enjoy our life. He said, I came that you may have life. I want you to live. And not right. only do I want you to live, but I want you to live it so well to a point to where people say, what is it that she got? I want that. Mm-hmm. What is it that enables her to travel and to be free and to laugh and to have joy and to and and to be able to have these conversations and to be respect what is it that she has what makes her different than me i want some of what she got and then that's when we can use that special sauce to say oh baby what you see is is jesus Mm -hmm. that's the difference yeah and it's important for us to show like it's the it's, I mean it's in the subtleties of life though too it's like the fact that you you're doing like everyone like you're doing what you are called to do right that you have the flexibility to change that as as you are led whereas people some people are just like oh this is my job I hate it and it's like how could you be somewhere that you hate when at the end of the day even if it's not the most it can be challenging if it's where God wants me like it's so much peace that comes with that and so that's the the practicality and what we need to share it's like I don't hate my job and I travel because I love to travel and I also love my life back here at home 
And it's not an escape for me. It's a change that I'm always like, oh, I need to travel because I got a, I have an itch and I'm like, oh, I want to get out and see the country, different countries and, you know, explore. But it's like, no, and I also love my life here. <laughs> you know, I love the community that I have. Um, I'm not running from anything. Whereas like, it's like you do life and you do it differently. Like, yep, I got my tax bill and I paid it. God provided, <laughs> you know, like I could complain about it. Like, oh, taxes get on my nerves. But the thing that's different between you and I is that, and not you, Christian, I'm saying and people who aren't, is that it's like, I have a peace that comes with life. And so that is what we are to show. It's like, that is what we are to display. But you can't display that if I'm only giving you what I'm doing on in the four walls of the church house. Like, how does this reality of being a Christian look like? What does dating look like? What does marriage look like? It should be different drastically. What does becoming wealthy look like? Mm -hmm. I'm claiming... You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> I'm claiming wealth is not going to look like more money, more problems that these people talk about in their songs. Like, that won't be my reality. Like, more money, more peace, more ability to give, more um, glory to God's name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to look different. Um, and I'm not attached to things. And it could look different. And there's no, like, even in my relationships, I there's no competition with my sister friends. Not on my end. Because I want everybody to win. Why? Because I serve a God that literally has an abundance of resources. So if you get it, I get it, and everybody else get it, he still has more to give. So I'm not sitting up here being like, oh my gosh, my friend got this, so I'm I'm jealous. For what? If anything, it's like, God, if you did it for her, I know that's confirmation you'll do it for me. Yeah. And so there, you should be doing relationships different. Like it should look different. But again, it's the reality of Christianity. It's not the fakeness that we out here like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm out here. I'm, I don't, you know, and that's whatever you're calling. Cause I'm not saying that people, cause there are people that I know like legit are virgins and, and that's their, their thing. And truly in the identity of just really keeping themselves. And I take my hat off to them. I take my hat off to people who are like, I've never had a drink in my life, right? I take my hat off to them. They are called in those areas to be what they are. And that's cool. I just don't condemn myself for being different. And that's the part that I feel like gets misconstrued because it's like the church our representatives of the church will say this these qualities are are is what a woman of God should look like and right. a man of God should look like and if you do anything outside of this then you can't possibly be a Christian well, and it's like nah bro most of the stuff <laughs> nah like because for me I'm I'm so different like in a sense of everyone is but it's like I'm goofy I'm silly like I I just don't I have a mouth on like I there's certain things about me that just are and for the longest I mean even the way I worship like it's so different 
I don't have the, the, the urge to jump and to do all of that. Right. And that's just not my thing. But for a long time, I was like, is something wrong with me? Like, do I not feel? And I was like, no, my thing is crying. Like if I feel it, I'm tearing up. Like, so it's like, even in the church, like it's okay to be who God wonderfully and fearfully made you because of the idea of if he could give each of us different fingerprints on our bodies, then he can have us live a life of Christianity so different, but yet with the running theme of his love and, you know, all of this, he can make it look so different and speak to the people that he needed to speak to. And because the people that are called for Christian yeah. don't need to see, don't, don't care about what Brandy doing over here. Yeah. And the people that are called to Brandy don't, you know, like, it's, yep. it's, 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 and that's what it is. But if I'm over here perpetrating and being something that I'm not, the people that are waiting for me ain't seeing it. They're like, okay, well, I'm, I know what I'm supposed to be looking for, but that ain't it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's like the reality, like we really got to be out here being authentically what we're called to do. Like, I feel like, like, who's saying, like some people are like, oh, I don't drink. Okay, cool. I do, but I know how to, you know, I, can have a drink and be fine and not do it in excess, you know, in excess. So it's like, whatever you're called to do, like you have to have that connection with the Holy Spirit to be like, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And let the Holy Spirit, here's the thing that I've learned. There's, there's two things. If, If I can't say anything else, I want to close with this. Number one, there is, or there are, things that are clearly, clearly um, listed in the Bible, right? And then there are things that you have to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. And this is what I mean by that. There are things that are sent to Brandy that are not sent to me. Because if you can't do it in faith, that's really what it boils down to. If you can't do it in faith, then it's sin. So Christian can have a drink. I don't feel no way about it. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't cause me any harm. I'm not harming my neighbor, nothing like that. I'm good. But there are some people who cannot do that in faith. They cannot have a drink. And so it is sin to them. And I think for years, we tried to make something that the Holy Spirit has specifically told us, you can't do that. Your walk looks different than Sister Bubblegum's walk. We try to make our walk the next person's walk. And everybody is different. Everybody is unique. We all have different callings, okay? So that's something that I have to share that I wish that I knew 20 years ago that now in this season of my life, he has made so clear to me and I understand it. And so perfect example, like my mother, my mother can't drink. She will tell you she can't drink. She can't drink because she can't do it in faith. She has fear from for, uh, of drinking because of different things that she's been exposed to in her life. And she will tell you that. So for her, she can't drink at all. But because I know I can drink and I don't want to cause her to stumble because I'm out of my love for her, not only as my mother, but as a sister in Christ, I'm not going to bring alcohol to her house. Because I don't want to cause her to stumble. And so if we're doing things in faith, we also have to use love as our guide and how we interact with each other and how we handle each other. So if I know that my brother in Christ has a problem with um, 
lust. When my brother in Christ comes over, you know what I do? I go put on some sweats because I don't want my behind shaking in his face. Come on, come on. But it doesn't prevent us from being able to fellowship with each other. I just know that there's certain things that we need to put in place in order to keep him from falling. You understand what I'm saying? So let love be your guide as you're out here in these streets navigating them. <laughs> let me as just add in one thing. And that and that will cause that will require him to be honest about where he stands too. Oh yeah. Most right? definitely. Yeah. Most so definitely. that's what like. Yeah, go ahead. So no, most definitely. I mean, it's it's the conversations that we need to have. The dialogue needs to change. But at least if we could start off with let's just be open to maybe our perspective hasn't been 100% right. Well-intentioned, but maybe not necessarily right. Then we can allow the Holy Spirit to be able to really lead and guide us on how we can navigate and how we can enjoy you know, this earth and enjoy the things that God has provided us for. He gives us resources, not only you know to build his kingdom also, but to enjoy our lives. <laughs> To, to make this life on earth be enjoyable. So um, right. I would say in closing, I, I'm i glad we had this conversation. Um, it isn't you know an end-all be-all. We'll continue this series with various topics that may be taboo, um, that maybe we've kind of put on ice because we really didn't know how to tackle it. And oftentimes we don't want to address difficult situations because we don't have the answers. Well, you don't have to know all the answers, right? It's just a matter of being open to revelation and to letting God really show you what it is that he would have you to do. So we encourage you guys to continue to tune in to these episodes. We're going to go deeper. Um, we're going to talk about some stuff that may not be traditional, um, but I know that it will be nevertheless beneficial. So please continue to like and share. We thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening to It's the Discussion for Me. Hopefully you are leaving here seen and enlightened. If so, please share, like, and invite others to the safe place. Until next time.